to Romans chapter number 13. We'll be there in just a moment. Romans chapter number 13. Uh, as you're turning, I would ask that you would uh, remember us this week as we uh, got a busy week, and I know all of you have a busy week as well, but uh, we have a week of ministry this week of outside of the walls of the church as well. We, uh, on Tuesday, we will be taking part in an international prayer service. Uh, my brother Phil, as well as Brother Bobby Mills and others, uh, will be joining uh, through the wonderful wave of technology through satellite television, all those types of things. We'll be joining with Brother Mark Sergey, who was here recently with us uh, from Armenia, and we'll be uh, hosting, helping host a international prayer service for an hour and a half on Tuesday uh, that will be going through Russia and all of Europe. And uh, we're just praying and believing God to meet the needs and talk to the hearts of the people during that hour and a half. Uh, which is, uh, we're excited about what God is doing. Then Thursday evening, uh, we will be ministering in a revival service in Muncie, Indiana. Uh, so then we'll be here Wednesday night, and then here we are back in the weekend again. So it's going to be a busy week, a wonderful week, uh, as we are in full mode preparing for Palm Sunday and Easter. Doesn't seem like it's only three weeks away, but here it is. And, uh, what a time to celebrate the goodness of God and the things of God. Amen. So I want you to begin to invite, invite, invite your family, your friends. Uh, and uh, I would like for you to just make all kinds of havoc and trouble for the ushers on Easter Sunday. All right. So that way they just have to figure it out. And I'll just come out and be ready. So with the Lord's help. So, but, uh, but tonight for a few moments, I do want to go with you to scripture and share uh, from the word of the Lord. Romans chapter number 13, we're going to read verses 11 through number 14. Uh, if you want to stand for the reading of the word, we appreciate you honoring the word tonight if you're able. And uh, we're going to uh, just dive in. And that knowing the time that now it is high time to awake out of sleep, for now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting and drunkenness, nor in chambering or wantonness, not in strive and envy, but put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. Let us go back to verse number 11 just for a moment. It says, In that knowing the time that now, somebody say presently, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. Tell your neighbor, say, quit ignoring the alarm clock. You got to get up. Yeah, you got to get up. For now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. The night is far spent and the day is at hand. For a few moments tonight, for a subject, I want to take us, and I'm going to talk to you, preach for a few moments about the garment of surrender. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we love you. We thank you today for your word and the anointing that it has, and we thank you for the precious people in this room, in this sanctuary, as well as those that's joining us online this evening. Lord, I pray that over the next few moments that we would hear and that we would receive the word of the Lord. 
in the manner that you see fit for us to receive it as individuals. And Lord, I pray that it would not just be something that we would hear, but Father, I pray it would be something that penetrates our hearts in such a way where we become those that you have called us to be, to be world changers, to be those that are in the harvest field. Lord, to, for this hour and this season, help us, Lord, to be found favorable in your sight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord this evening. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. The urgency of this passage, when you understand where Paul is writing from and what he's addressing, he's talking about at the beginning of verse number or chapter number 13 rather talking about how we are to be men and women that operate under the order and the structure of God and even those that have been set over us how we are to honor authority and those types of things but right in the middle of dealing with that he puts this passage of scripture in even though it's just a few verses it's a very powerful uh, statement that is given and it is to awaken men and women to understand what is really important. Paul was moved with such an unction that he writes this appeal to the readers of this letter. And therefore, we know this. He is trying to awaken us, as well as them, to a place of action so others may come to know Christ. Paul is not only one to speak so boldly concerning the need to be awake as well as watchful. In your Bible, you find in Mark chapter number 13, 33 through 37, the words of Jesus. He's speaking to his disciples and he's basically giving them some instructions and he says, take heed, watch and pray. For you know not when the time is, for the Son of Man is as a man taking a far journey who left his house and gave authority to his servants and to every man his work and commanded the porter to watch. Watch ye therefore, for you know not when the master of the house cometh, whether it be at evening time or at midnight or at the time of the cock crowing or whether it be in the morning. But know this, lest coming suddenly he find you sleeping. And what I say unto you, I say unto all, watch. Or you could say this, be awake, be alert, be aware of what's going on. Tonight I want us to understand, we cannot in good consciousness ignore the commandment that has been given to us by our Redeemer. Paul, in his letter and his writing, not just in the book of Romans, but also to the church at Corinth, it is often something that's not the easiest to hear, but however, it's something that needs to be heard. And he's writing to the church at Corinth in 1 Corinthians chapter number 15, verse number 34, he goes as far as to say it in this manner, awake to righteousness and sin not. For some have not the knowledge of God, I speak this to your shame. Now, what are you simply saying is this, there are those all around you that have yet to know and to hear about this wonderful 
message of Christ and they have not yet heard because of the simple fact we have yet to share it with them. Tonight I wonder how many people around us every day in our daily lives have yet to really hear the true meaning of Christ. But yet we are faithful and we fulfill obligations to the traditions that we have been taught as we walk out our faith. But somewhere along the lines, we have lost our compass of what is really of most importance. The reason the gospel has not been shared to those that have not yet heard is really quite simple. The reason that we have a little better than 3.2 billion on this planet that have yet to hear the gospel is simply because those that make up the church of Christ have yet to really sense the urgency of sharing this message to those that have not yet heard. We talk about it, but yet we often put little energy into it. Stay with me. It will get more positive in a few moments, Lord willing. Our refusal to put on the garment of surrender today in our lives is really nothing short than an act of rebellion. And we know this today that when God looks at rebellion, it is not in a favorable manner. But he simply says this when he was dealing with Saul, the king of Israel, when he failed to walk in obedience to the word that was given to him concerning his enemies, and he did something that he thought was more pleasing, we find that it says that rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. And we see that the kingdom was rent from him because the Lord said, you're no more worthy to even be one that has this title and this position. And notice with me tonight, there are people around this globe, even those within our own circles and even the people that we know and love, they have gifts, they have callings, they have talents, they have been ordained and called of God, but yet they choose to do everything else except for that which they have been called to. Please hear me. I have no problem with people having goals and striving after them. But I will tell you this. If you push a generation to become intellectual and to walk in contradiction or contrary to the plan that God has for them, you are not benefiting a generation, but you are destroying a generation. We need people to be in every avenue, every field. I understand that. But not everybody is called to be an engineer. Not everybody's called to be a doctor. Not everybody's called to be a nurse. Not everybody's called to be a preacher. But we are call called to be ambassadors for the kingdom. And we all have avenues and we all have strengths and we all have things that needs to be developed. And therefore, we should never push our own wishes or our desires on another, even if it is our children. But we should always find out what has God created them to be. 
and then develop them and steer them and guide them into the path that God has for them so that they can operate and fully, and fully fulfill their purpose and their destination in this place that we are currently. Ephesians chapter 5 verse number 11 tells us Paul is writing to the church at Ephesus and he gives them this little portion in a letter that he wrote to them. Ephesians 5 and 11, it says, And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. Now, what does this really mean? If you go back to Romans chapter number 13, we find that Paul says, The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting and not in drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness, not in strive and envy. All of those things are works of darkness. What he's simply saying is this, let us cast off these things so that we will not fulfill the lust thereof, but let us put on the garment or the armor of light. How many knows today in order for us to put on or to take off, we have to submit to the process. And Paul was writing and simply saying that there comes a point in our lives where we have to pause and we have to self-examine and we have to look around us and then we have to come to the conclusion and that is this, what garment will I wear? Tonight, you and I have a very important decision to make where we find ourselves today. We, in recent years, have had the luxury of just sitting and going through the formalities and the motions, but that season is coming to a close very quickly. And the reason we was able to do that is because that there was men and women before us that paid a great price for us to sit where we've been sitting. But notice with me, it did not come without a cost. You and I today have to make a decision of what we are going to do because can I tell you the behavior that we engage in in this season is going to determine what this generation inherits. They're either going to inherit something that's full of life and full of power or they're going to inherit something that is lifeless and that God has walked away from. They are either going to inherit a house that has the banner of Christ hanging over it, or it will have a banner that says Ichabod over the door. The question is, what will we do and how will we conduct ourselves from this point forward? Can I tell you, if we do not want the latter to be what is given to this next generation, it will require you and I to quit fulfilling the things that we think we need and begin to walk in a place of complete and utter surrender to the things of God and the will of God in our lives. That means this, we don't always get our way. That means this, we have to put God's way first instead of ours. It means we may have to say no to some things, uh, but can I tell you, whatever we say no to, God will reward us greater when we say yes to the things that he has put before us. So today it's not about walking away from something and feeling like you're cheated, but knowing this, you and I have to be willing at all costs, uh, no matter what it is, to get to a place where we can become world changers for the things of God. 
Recently, I watched a documentary on the mission, on the, on the uh, jungle missionary talking about Steve Saint, him and his family. What a powerful story. You should watch it if you've not watched that documentary. It will change your life. It will stick to you and it will mess with you, to be very honest with you. But Steve, his father, and four other young men was working in Ecuador. As they was working in Ecuador, you will find that there was unreached uh, uh, Indians uh, there that had yet to be, here, be able to be reached. And nobody would talk about them because of the simple fact every time somebody went to where they was, they would end up getting slaughtered. But nobody wanted to tell the real story, and that was this, that every time a foreigner would come in, they would see them, and they would see them with their spears in their hand, and they would become frightened, so the foreigners would be the first ones to take their muskets and would shoot at them and would kill them. So in return, what was in the mind of this unreached ending people, this people group was the fact that every foreigner is one that will kill us. So therefore, every time they saw a foreigner, they would simply re retaliate and shoot first. And we find that after a little bit of time, Steve's father and four of his friends, they, they began to fly over missions uh, uh, and began to drop things from their little prop plane as they was going from place to place. And they began to be received uh, a little bit at a time. These particular group of people uh, that had yet to been reached, uh, they began to kind of warm up to the ideal that things was falling out of the sky and given to them. So on a particular day, after a little bit of time had went past, Steve's father and his four friends, they landed on a beachfront and they camped out there and they was uh, there for a little bit and all of a sudden there was a couple of these Indian women that came out to meet them and they was surprised and startled at first but they could not communicate because of the language barrier but all of a sudden they began to interact the best that they could and it seemed like things was well and they disappeared back into the jungle. They was thinking and hoping that maybe the next day that they would be uh, received and but what they did not realize that they was just a few hours from their death and after waiting some time and the next day there was some of the men came from the village and they took their little air spears and they speared Steve's father and his four friends to death and they died there they had just a momentary little interaction with this people it's a tragic story if it ended there, but it didn't end there because those five men had wives and children. And they said, just because our husbands have been speared and lost their life does not mean that we're going to stop, but we are going to still pursue the call that God has given us and we're going to reach these people. And the story is amazing. I say that to say this because the simple fact is that Steve's aunt and his sister and many others in his family ended up going and living amongst these people and Steve has given his life to work with these people and God has done miraculous things with this specific group of people. And up until recently, Steve was still working and traveling, but his body has been ravaged with sickness. It's an amazing story. 
And people have often, often asked Steve this question. How is it and why is it that you would go and you would give your life to the people that killed your father? He began to share a story. And his story began to resonate in my spirit. He said that the best way I can describe why I do what I do, he said, I was in a college dorm and he said, I was studying and all of a sudden I smelt smoke and wasn't too alarmed. And then I realized that the smoke was stronger than normal. And he said, I saw a couple people pass and Nobody had said anything, and he said, then I stuck my head out and realized that the dorm was on fire. And he said, so I was on the third floor, and I couldn't get out of this building, so he said, I had to get down, and I crawled, and I made it down the steps and got outside, and then he realized that one of the people that had passed by his room had ended up passing back by, but never knocked on his door, never told him that the building was on fire, and he said, why didn't you tell me? The building was on fire. And he said, well, to be honest, Steve, I didn't really think of it. He said, you know, I compare that story to why my father did what he did. He was working with all of these people, but yet he wanted to go to with this group of people that had not yet heard. Why would he go and risk everything knowing he had you and your siblings? And he said, the best I can tell is this. He realized that he needed to tell them that the building was on fire. I want to tell you tonight, there is no excuse for us to sit in our comfort because all of us in this room knows this, the building's on fire. But I ask the question, when was the last time you really took the time to share your faith with somebody you did not know? When was the last time that you got out of your comfort zone and said, you know what, on purpose today, I'm going to find somebody to witness to? Today, I'm going to do something to try to reach. I'm going to tell you that we do not burn with that passion like we need to burn with that passion. And please, I'm not trying to be mean this evening, but I'm trying to be real with us. We don't burn with that type of passion because we have yet to put on the garment of complete surrender in the American church. Paul simply said this, you've got to cast off the works of darkness and you have to put on the armor of light. And notice with me, the armor of light is a military term, meaning this, you've got to put on a banner, you've got to put on an armor, you've got to put on a garment where you're going to go out and fight and wage this war against good and evil, meaning this, you have to understand there is some things and there's some territories that we've got to take back in order for us to reach a generation. This is not, it did not just stop with Ephesians 5 and 11, but Paul writes and he says, don't have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. We often read right over that. Can I tell you, much of the things that we're engaged in our lives is nothing more than things that take our time because there is no value in it. There is no lasting fruit in it. I don't know about you, and I don't know if it's just because when you start getting older, your, your perspective changes, but I just know this, that I need every day of my life to be fruitful. I, I, I don't, the, the thing is, is we're, we have to realize that, like James tells us, that life is but a vapor, and we got to make this count. We don't get a redo with this thing. But you and I have a great responsibility where much is given, much is required. We have been given the greatest message that's ever been given to humanity. And that is this, that Jesus came, he died, he rose again so that you and I could have life and have it more abundantly. 
How many times have we shared that story in the last 30 days? Oh, but preacher, please hear me. Paul goes on to tell the church at Ephesus in verse number 14. He says, Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepeth, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. See then you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time. How sensitive are we to time? How sensitive are we to the fact that that we don't have a lot of Tootsie Rolls left in our jar? Hear me. We have to, if we're going to do something, we have to do it now. If we're going to reach a lost and dying world, we have to do it now because the days are evil. Wherefore, be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. May I ask us the question tonight? Do we really know what the will of the Lord is for the year 2023? What is it? It's not for you and I to be here on a Sunday night and just hear some songs and hear a preacher. Yes, we're supposed to do that. We're to be edified and equipped. We're to come together to worship. We're to give uh, praise and honor to him. Absolutely. But that's not all there is. Uh, and uh, we've got into this routine that this is all there is. My friend, this isn't all there is. But there is great responsibility. So what is the will of the Lord at this moment? His heart is still for the lost of humanity. He says, I'm not slack concerning my coming, as some men count slackness, but it is my desire, it is my will that all would be saved. So I have to ask the question, what vehicle does he use to reach the lost? He uses the church. But how can you use the church if it's not willing to put on the garment of surrender? Excuses are, are, are not acceptable today because can I tell you, we, we, we go and we do everything else except for the one thing he says. Paul was writing to the church and he says, listen, you got to understand what the will of the Lord is. You can't be drunk with wine, but you got to be filled with the spirit. Hear me tonight. We are witnessing a generation being destroyed by evil as well as seducing spirits and doctrines of devils uh, while men that, that are, are proclaiming to be ministers of the gospel but they're nothing more than, than those that are operating under the spirit of delusion and spirit of deception uh, and they're leading a generation astray. Uh, please hear me today. There cannot be the putting on of the armor of light uh, until there is first the casting off the works of darkness. Uh, and please, can I tell you this evening, uh, we need a fresh outpouring of the Holy Ghost uh, that empowers and equips us uh, in such a manner uh, that we begin to have sleepless nights because uh, of the urgency of the hour. Uh, if Peter stood at the day of Pentecost and said, this is that which the prophet Joel spoke of, saying that in the last days, uh, if that was then, if if that is accurate then, how much closer are we to the end of this, of this era where God is going to come and receive unto him his own? You and I today must understand that we have a great responsibility. And for such a time as this, he has allowed you and I to be born and to be present and to make up uh, the arms and the legs, the hands and the feet of the church. Uh, and therefore, if he did not think we was capable, he would not have allowed us to be present at this time. Uh, but while we don't have any confidence in ourselves, uh, we have a heavenly father that says you're more than enough. Uh, you are more than capable. Uh, you're able 
to exceedingly abundantly do more than you could ever think or ask if you put your faith and trust in me. Uh, I want you to understand with me today. Uh, it's always been ordinary men, ordinary women uh, that has done extraordinary things. Uh, but the difference between them and most people that profess Christianity uh, is they made the decision to put on the garment of surrender. I ask you tonight, what garment are we wearing? The man or woman that refuses to operate in their gifts and their callings are having a very negative effect on the local church across the globe today. Because of their unwillingness to surrender, please hear me, lives are been lost. We cannot be okay with that, my friend. You have probably heard something along these lines. If we could just get everybody together, then we could have a move of God. We've all heard those things, right? But I have to caution us today. I'm the first to say that there must be a unity among the brethren. But you will never have unity until men become willing to put on the garment of surrender. Acts 2 clearly shows you and I today. It was the garment of surrender to the words of Christ. Your willingness to operate and stay in that is what led people to come into unity in the upper room in Jerusalem. And because of that, that's what positioned them for the arrival of the promise where men and women was empowered in such a manner that they turned the world upside down. The problem we're having today is, please hear me, we have too many people drinking the Kool-Aid of this world, so to speak, and we have the church trying to get into unity with the very things that God calls sin. You can't get into unity with everything. We could not walk in unity with the world. We are to love the world. We're to have a heart for the world. We're to love the people in the world. Yes, we are. But we have been called out from among the world. And we've been called to put on the armor of light. If we are wrapped in the garment of complete surrender, we will have an appetite like Christ has. And he has an appetite for the world. I want to ask us today, what motivates us? You and I, we cannot walk in a manner where men is always pleased, but we must always walk in a manner where God is pleased. That's why Paul writes to the church in Corinth again in 2 Corinthians chapter number 6, the latter part of that chapter, verse 16 through 18. It's one of a passage of scripture that I've spoken from many, many times over the years, and I think I will never quit speaking from it. But he makes it very clear. He says, what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them, be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing. And I will receive you, and I'll be a father unto you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Paul is very clearly saying this. There has to be a changing of our garments. Please hear me. If we're wrapped in a garment of complete surrender, we will not have an appetite for the world, but we will have an appetite for the things of God. 
There has to be a change, my friend. We've been taught that there's nothing more important than us, but I have to speak against that today. I have to inform you that that's not true. The most important thing in the sight of the Lord today is the man and the woman that has yet to know who he is, and has yet to reach out and accept him. Yes, he loves us. He cares for us. He knows every hair upon our head. Yes, I understand all of that. But greater than that is this, his motivation, his delay in his coming is so that we can reach one more. The old song simply says, at the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light. Can I tell you, at the foot of the cross, there's still room for one more. There's room for one more. The only way we're going to reach them is if we put on a garment of surrender. We would not have the testimony of our salvation today. Please hear me tonight. If someone had not understood this principle, that the lost is his priority. Because can I tell you tonight, there was somebody that put you first. There was somebody that put me first. I often ask and consider and ponder how many hours of my father's life, my mother's life, and many others was spent on calling on my name when they could have been doing something else, but they chose to put me first. I wonder how many hours people have spent on their knees calling your name. We'll never know this side of heaven. But I believe it's safe to say that if somebody did not understand the principle that the lost is the focus of Christ, you and I very well probably would not be sitting here today. The call is simple today. I'm simply calling us back to a place that we never should have left. A place of complete surrender to his plan and to his will. Don't have a big message tonight for you. I just need us to understand that Paul was simply saying is there has to be a casting off of the works of darkness. And there has to be the putting on of the armor of light. And that only happens if somebody's wearing the garment of surrender. I want to leave us with this passage this evening. Luke chapter 9, verse 23 through 25. These are the words of Christ. And he says, and he said to them all, not some, but to all. How many knows all means all? That means all. Them, you and I today. If any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, but whosoever will lose his life for my sake, the same shall save it. For what is a man advantaged if he gained the whole world and lose himself or be cast away? Folks, there is a city just down over the hill, just to the left of us, that needs Jesus. Oh, how they need Jesus. 
And here's the tragedy. The crazy, the crazy thing is that you and I have him, but yet they don't know who he is. We pass by them in the grocery store. We pass by them at the gas station. We pass by them at Walmart. We pass by them in the places of business all across our city. And oh, how they need him. And yet, oh, how we have him. But yet, they remain unreached. I have to get from point A to point B. We get so frustrated because of an interruption when we don't understand that that interruption could be a setup by God for us to reach somebody. See, the garment of surrender makes the perspective of everything change. My challenge in the call tonight is very simple. It's one thing for us to say we desire something, but it's another thing to apply ourselves to obtain it. We talk about revival and we talk about awakening and we talk about a freshness and all of those things are wonderful to talk about, but talk is cheap. Talk doesn't produce. But when a man or woman will put on a garment of surrender, all of those things become obtainable in a moment of time. Because how many knows that we're not the ones that bring the increase anyway? It's him. But he's just looking for a willing vessel. He's just looking for somebody to say yes. I wonder tonight if we're willing to simply say yes. Not a lot of noise, not a lot of emotion. Not against noise, not against emotion. But in my lifetime, to my knowledge, there's never been a more ripe season than right now. There's an appetite for spiritual things on the manner that I've never saw in my lifetime. And here's the tragedy. The spiritual things that's been presented to this world is not authentic and pure in most cases. It's defiled and it's of a kingdom of darkness instead of a kingdom of light. Because of the simple fact there is such a lack of those that have a garment of surrender on. I'm thankful for salvation. As they come to the music this evening. I'm thankful for the grace and the mercy of God that's been extended to all of us in this room. I'm thankful that salvation is a gift that we receive from Him. I'm thankful that He paid a debt that He did not owe that I could not afford to pay.
but tonight we have responsibility and our responsibility is to share Jesus no matter what the cost if you want to set in way the options so to speak or the cost you're probably not going to do much But it's not about the cost. It's about understanding that no matter the cost, it's what we're called to. You know why that we as the United States of America still have the freedom to stand and put our hand over our heart and stand for a national anthem and look at a flag? It's because countless men and women didn't consider the cost. They just become willing to die for it. But there's a freedom in Christ that this world has yet to know. And I will tell you that in Many places around the globe, people still giving it all, losing their life daily for this glorious gospel. But here in the United States, in the Western Hemisphere, if we're not careful, we've become so soft-skinned that we're just afraid that somebody might not just receive us, so therefore we can't say anything. It's not on us, friend, if they reject it and say, oh, we don't want that. That's on them. All we're called to do is to go and tell. I can't save anybody. I can't deliver anybody. I can go and tell. But the God that I serve... He can save, he can heal, he can deliver, and he can set free. And given the opportunity, he can flow through a broken vessel just like me and just like you if we have on a garment of surrender. There really is no reason for every church in Connorsville, Indiana, not to be full come Sunday morning. There's really no reason. But if we're not careful, not just in Connorsville, but across our nation, our buildings will be more empty than full just because we don't understand the urgency of the hour. I'm not going to lie to you today and tell you, oh, if you'll put on this garment of surrender, it's just going to cost you a little bit. No, no, no. I'm going to be honest with you and upfront with you. If you're going to put this garment of surrender on, it's going to cost you everything. It's going to cost you sleepless nights. It's going to cost you money. It's going to cost you everything. It's going to cost you. It's going to cost you plans. You're going to miss birthday parties. You're going to miss anniversary gatherings. You're, you're going to miss stuff. 
But here's the deal. What's the price you can put on one soul? There's no amount of money. I know I may have a different perspective than some. But what we have in our mind has been the pinnacle of the things of God. It's so off track, my friend. If you want the heavens to celebrate and ring full of joy and life, you'll put on a garment of surrender and you'll help lead somebody to the foot of Calvary. And if that's not a priority for us, not just for the preacher, but if that's not the priority for the people of God, before we ever bring somebody to this altar, we need to bring ourselves back to it and evaluate our lives. I had a dear friend, and I'm going to leave you with this. He worked for me for many years. His name was Greg. He knew nothing about church. Greg got on my everlasting nerve so many times. But Greg was Greg. And every time I'd get ready to go to the mission field, he would take his old ball cap off in the shop and he'd go all through that shop and he'd say y'all need to give me some money and they said Greg what are you doing I said Ron's going over there somewhere again and he needs some money and you're going to help pay I never asked him to but I never could get Greg to pray a prayer of surrender I never could but he loved me and I loved him. But a couple years after I left the shop, I got a call early in the morning from his brother. Greg was a young man. I got the call and he said, Ron, Greg's gone. He went home, laid down. Had a massive heart attack. Went into eternity. Will you do his funeral? And I walked into a funeral home with a few hundred people that I'd worked with for 13 years. Rock and roll music blaring. All of them wearing their rock and roll t-shirts in honor of their friend Greg. I couldn't breathe. Greg's brother came to me and he said, Ron, I just need to ask you one question. One question, Ron, just one question. He said, you're the only one that will know the answer to this. And I said, I'll try. He said, did my brother ever confess Jesus with you? Can I tell you, at the end of the day, that's the only thing that was on his mind. 
I had to sit there and say, he never did. I'm going to tell you, there's a lot of Gregs out there that we walk by every day. Yet we've been led to believe we can put on our Sunday attire and come to church and do our reasonable service and that's all that's really required. Please hear me. You can't you can't settle for that. Paul said awake. Know the time, know the season. I'm not trying to play with your emotions tonight. I'm trying to be real with you. I want you to hear me today. Jesus is coming. His return is now nearer than yet we believe. I don't know if it'll be today, tomorrow, or 50 years from now. I just know it's coming. And even if it's 50 years from now, it's still just a vapor. But here's the thing that I know. You don't have to be old to die. You have no promise that you're going to get in your automobile and make it home. You have no promise. Nor does anybody else out there have that promise. Many of them are lost and don't know who Jesus is. What am I saying today? Do we understand the urgency? Do we understand the responsibility? Do we understand why in the late 60s a guy from Pennsylvania walked away from his little white house and his little white picket fence and go to the dark streets of New York City and Walk away from everything. It's because he put on a garment of surrender. And he reached those that everybody else said couldn't be reached. I'm going to tell you today, there's people around us that can be reached. Somebody's got to put on a garment of surrender. And awaken and realize. We have a responsibility. So tonight I challenge us on a Sunday evening. I challenge us to ask ourselves, what is the what is the thing that drives us? If it isn't souls, as the church of Jesus Christ, something has to change. Because let these words from Paul ring in our ears as we stand all over this house this evening. He says that knowing the time that now it is high time. It's high time to awake out of sleep. You know what that really means is this, that he's simply saying in verse 12, the night is far spent, meaning this, the night season's almost over and the dawning of the day is at hand. Here's what happens when morning begins to take place. 
When we awaken, we rise from our place of slumber. We wash our face and we put clothes on for the day so that we can go about the task at hand. But really what Romans 13, 11, and 14 is calling us is really commanding. Some of you won't like this. But he's commanding every one of us in this room to be morning people. My wife's a night owl. She'll stay up all night. You have to pry her out of bed in the morning. In the natural. But spiritually, Paul is simply saying this. And those of you that are covered by the blood, you've got to be morning people. You've got to get up, wash your face, get your, get your armor on and get ready. Because this is a season in which we've got to be urgently sharing Jesus. I wonder tonight. Do we really have a passion for souls? Oh, but I'm shy. I'm backward. I'm this. I'm that. Listen, no, no, no. It don't matter. We're all a new creation in Christ Jesus. Old things passed away. All things become new. We just got to put it on. It'll stretch us. We got to break it in. We got to get used to it. But let me remind you, you don't have to do it in yourself. Because that's what he says. It's expedient that I go away so that the Father will send he, the another comforter, that will lead you, guide you into all truth, but also he'll empower you and equip you to be what you need to be. Everything I've said brought me to this tonight. God's desiring to use your voice. He's desiring to use your gifts. And he's desiring to use your talents and your ability to reach a world. Now the question is, will you? Will you? Will I surrender to the call? As they just began to minister in song, here's what I'm going to do tonight. I'm just going to call us an old-fashioned time of prayer. Only you know. You and the Lord knows. In my personal opinion, I believe I'm speaking to some of the best people in the world that's in this room tonight. I love you. And I appreciate you. I appreciate your faithfulness to this house. This is not a rebuke. This is not a this is not a condemning message, but this is a call and a challenge for all of us, myself included. I think we have to self-examine and ask, are we really wearing the garment of surrender? And do we have a heart that is in alignment with the heart of Christ to reach a world? So as they just begin to minister just for a few moments before we leave tonight, if any part of this message has challenged you, if you're under the sound of our voice today and you'd say, I'm willing to surrender, I want to walk in complete surrender, whatever that may look like for you, I'm going to ask you to come. Let's just pray together tonight. 
God bless you. Pastor Jay here. I just want to thank you for watching the service with us today and being a part of it. We ask that you stay in touch with us. Follow us on all of our social media platforms. And we'll see you again soon. We love you. So does God.